Hello all and welcome. Myself, Stish here, looking a little bit less uh, fresh than I did last week after a little trip to Vegas. And as always, my sparring partner's here, Quinny. How you doing, sir? I'm good, mate. I'm good. Uh, good to see you, at least on your feet, if nothing else. Uh, not strolling in on a stretcher or whatever. So, yeah. How was the trip, mate? Good fun? It was good. Yeah, it was really good. Um, had a few sort of made, you know, a few roll-on, roll-off subs. Tactically substituted myself out. <laughs> day free for a little rest. Uh, I think my body needed it. Um, but four nights on a stag do is is a big ask of, of uh, many people. Amazes me that, you know, in my early 20s, we were doing that for two weeks non-stop. But yeah, in my 40s, you know, two nights is enough. After the first two nights went in pretty big, you know, I think we had the long the long day where we had the flight then got out there but lost like eight hours back. So we had the full day out there on the first day and then went out, got in at about five in the morning and then fell asleep for about an hour and a half and then woke up to go watch the uh, the FA Cup final, which wasn't a great watch. But, no. <laughs> but I, yeah, I was, I was so so drunk from the previous night i think i had one beer watching it and the the second half of it's a bit of a blur so um yeah that was that was the crux of the first couple of days and we rolled on and then uh yeah day three was a bit of a write-off for me i had spent most of the day in the bed and then back out for day four as were yeah it was the group done well so anyone listening that was on the stag uh well played it was a good game played by all but yeah, pleased to be back. A little bit lighter in the pocket, so we need to get some end product in. Need to get some of that e threshold hit. Start hitting some of these super rare thresholds to help help start paying it back off. But uh, but yeah, in, in in the in the world of end product, Quinny, how did you get on last week? Um, not too not too great, not too bad. I won a wee card, got my wee dose of beef in from the super division, which was all good. But I was going to say you don't, uh, you know, I was expecting. Uh, yeah, you came back from Vegas and there's got you know party time and all this happened and that happened. But listen to you now, mate, it sounds like Vegas took a bit of your soul, took a little yeah. bit of your took a little bit of something out of you. Yeah, I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't disagree with that. I feel like, you know, like the couple of days after you get back, it's like, oh God, like realizing how many emails I've missed. Uh, you know, even just looking through like WhatsApp where business type stuff's gone through WhatsApp and I'm like, when did I look at that? I didn't didn't realise that was coming through because you're on different time zones and all that so yeah i think there's a bit of like the crash back to reality today has been like oh work and stuff to do again and yeah i think that's that's maybe what you can hear in my voice is like damn i've got a lot to catch up on and uh and so is definitely a part of that started looking back at the uh, squad builders today and seeing you know like if there's any glimmer of hope for a little midweek action from my team's which I'm probably going to be waiting a little bit on the FC Saul um, scores to be added to see if I'm going to be in with any shout. But uh, but yeah, I've got a player playing now. Uh, Chengdu are in action as we speak. And Lassios oh, nice. making his first start, which I kind of expected because Romulo went off injured. And I thought, well, Palacios tends to come on late into the games. So with a player like Romulo out, and Kim Min Woo as well is another hold of mine out. So my little Chengdu stick's been chipped away at, sadly. But I'm sure a lot of managers that don't hold Romulo or Kim Min Woo will be very happy to hear that 
both of those are uh, not in the match day squad this week. Um, so yeah, those little that little that little secret stack has been diminished for now. It'll be hard to find any information on Romulo's injury about how serious it is. But if anyone in the chat has any of that info, please do let it be known. I um, would love a bit of Romulo update. Uh, Lunik SI saying Romulo has done his ACL, if you weren't aware. Well, that's fantastic news. That's exactly what I didn't want to hear. But <laughs> here we go again. I've, I've definitely held Romulo through um, an injury before. Not quite as long as an ACL, but uh, yeah, that it might be another season before I get any usage out of him, if that is the case. Um, I was going to say, you maybe missed it. Haber did a video about how he punted his Romulo on right before the, the injury happened, and it is a, a big one. So wow. uh, maybe you did miss that as well. And yeah, did, yeah. How much, <laughs> did he, how much did he get rid of him for? Because oh, I can't remember. It was, I think it was a trade deal with, with something across it. Um, but yeah, it was right before the injury, so he got he got a fair whack for it, you know. Decent, decent. So yeah, well, yeah Romulo no more for now, anyway. Big uh, time. We got some good use out of him for the few games he did play. He definitely brought some some rewards in for for my team at least. So I paid little to nothing for him as well. So it's not the end of the world for me. I'll just be one of them people who just sits in the gallery for another year, I reckon, and hope that he comes back fighting fit again next season. It probably is the end of his season by the sounds of it. People are saying. In the chat, dime bar, eight to 12 months, rumours are. So, yeah, I can put him to bed well and truly until this time next year, pretty much. Yeah. That's a shame. That's a shame. I agree, eight to 12 months is, is the rumour at the moment. Um, So, yeah, difficult one. But, Stishy Boy, since you've been crashed back, the first thing you spoke to me about, it wasn't even your trip to Vegas or anything, but it was the announcement we got yesterday from Soria that it's summer party time. We're getting Gold Cup coverage. We're getting... Copa Sudamericana coverage, which didn't sound like anything really new. I don't know. I think we got that anyway. Yeah. And um, obviously under 21 euros. So back to back to reality with a bit of a party, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Been having a little look at my gallery, trying to figure out if I've got any pieces in play there and checking against the squad lists. And yeah, quite, quite good. I think we were saying off air, weren't we? I'm sure that Sora did cover the last one as well. But you know, there hadn't been any sort of like public announcements that they were going to do the same this time around. But I think um, there's a lot of names on those squad lists that a lot of so rare managers will be familiar with, particularly looking at the French and the Belgian squad lists um, and the Dutch as well. I think uh, there's a lot of players that are, you know, probably well and truly on the map of so rare managers kind of yes. watch lists. So I'm quite looking forward to it, you know. Like I think I'll be watching it with a bit of, you know, a bit of vinegar on the chips, as uh, as I said, I think on the podcast before. I think it's going to add something having that so rare interest. Since the last one, obviously, I don't think I had many pieces in play. The last one, I think, a couple of, I think I had like Szymanski, um and a couple of others that spring to mind. But this this year had a little look, Quinny. You've definitely got a nice little Spain stack going on how excited are you to be watching uh, that team go to battle for you oh uh, yeah pretty exciting so uh, when the announcement came out i went and checked my gallery and i had those two super rares and the goalkeeper that you've seen in the picture but i've also got levi caldwell who's in the england team and then i discovered through harry trades if you haven't seen harry trades yt on twitter at harry trades yt on twitter he's got a thread of all the squads uh, that have been announced and such 
And I found in there that I've got a Croatian midfielder that may or may not play, but he's made the squad and he's like 23, you know, so he's definitely one of the more senior figures there. You maybe think that means the older players generally expect them to play more generally. But I've got big flashbacks, big deja vu from the last time we had the under 21 euros on Soraya because I'd only been on the platform maybe about six or seven months, I think, at that point. And I'd uh, got myself, uh, I had works, I had Nemeka, super rare, the striker I've got at the moment. The Germany team went on to win the tournament and that Germany team, like, I was a wee bit snobby on a few of them when the Bundesliga came out, but I really did want to actually go and, I wanted to get as many of the stars out of that squad as possible because I thought, wow, what a team. They were all amazing. They played great and I thought, these guys are surely going to go and kick on. Who was in that squad, Quinny? Let me tell you. Schlotterbeck, Rom, Meyer and Dorsch in midfield that haven't kicked on very well. Ozkan, the boy that's now at Dortmund, was in midfield. Adi Yemi, uh, up front, along with the Mecca, works was in the team. And there's maybe a few other guys that I'm missing out, but uh, that you know, it was a very well started squad, and they were great to watch. Schlotterbeck was probably the one that I um, snob, uh, kind of snobbed at when he was still at Freiburg. I thought, yeah, he's not a big club. He's maybe not really the big, the big shakes or whatever. How wrong was that? Um, but yeah, so like when I seen I had the guts of that Spain team, I thought, do you know what? I like a few of the other guys that are in the squad already, and then what ones make sense because. I don't know if they'll do a special weekly for it, right? They might, mm-hmm. but these guys will be under 23 fodder, if nothing else, because under 23 non-Europe is dead. Like, there's no power players, there's no big stacks, there's not, yeah. uh, you know, that much firepower. So for the three game weeks we've got, Stish, I know you're just coming to this today, right? So we've got three games in the group stages, and it goes for all the teams, midweek, weekend, midweek. That's the group oh, stage. Wow. Three games over seven days, right, for everyone. So... You're probably expecting that tournament format similar to the World Cup. Even the squad players will probably all get a game they start, you know, somewhere like the good squad players, you know, and yeah. then it's in the knockout rounds. So there's not that much utility really on the table to go and like, oh, if you've got nothing or if you've got one or two cards, like, oh, let me go and get something together and make it happen. Um, I had I was basically missing a striker and ended up going buying a striker and a defender just in case Spain do go very far. Maybe there is a special weekly. And then I don't need to worry about oh, England get knocked out or Croatia guy doesn't play football or whatever, you know, um, sort of vibes. So I'm very much looking forward to it. And I think for so rare, for end product, for you guys listening to this, this is 12 times bigger than the World Cup because I'm <laughs> going to be watching it on the channel. You're going to be watching it in your houses and everywhere else. And I know from watching this before, like not just that Germany team, but every other squad, France were big players. Spain are always big players. There's some European nations that really take this competition seriously. And not just the maybe the more senior players that are on radars, like you're talking about, Stish, but all the other players that are DNP cards that make it. And somebody, you know, there will be players that step up and they might not necessarily really crack the leaderboard, but you'll see them play their 10 minutes and you maybe get a wee glimpse of, oh, wow, that guy's actually got a bit of something about, what club is he at? Oh, brilliant, he's got a card here. Oh, I can afford that limited. Oh, that super rare is pretty undervalued. Etc. Etc. And I yeah. think career scouts and managers from around the world watching this tournament, even if you have not got a stack, a team, a footprint in it, you'll definitely come out with way more valuable intel than yeah. you will like without watching it. Like it'll be so good to watch for for so rare managers. No two ways about it. It'll be twelve times better than the World Cup for that angle of it. No one was going to the World Cup and wondering, oh, I wonder what America players might break out on the world stage or whatever you know this is yeah. wonder kid tournament you know and this is what we're all about particularly the 23 fanatics out there yeah i'd agree with that um 
I've just had a look. You talking there about Germany and obviously how good that squad was in the last tournament. And there's definitely a few players in that squad list that have been in my watch lists that I haven't really got a chance to see in like highly competitive games. I think Luca Nets, um, who is a defender there, is someone that I've you know I've not really got round to watching, but he's been in my watch list for a couple of years and. Germany have got some interesting options there. You know, Ansar Knauf at Eintracht, um, he's been linked yes. with, you know, he was at Dortmund as well. And Eric Martel, who I hold, I hold who's at um, yep. Cologne. Tom Kraus at Schalke, good player. Um, Yusuf Makoku, who we also know about, obviously, at Dortmund. And interesting. There's uh, Angelo Stiller, another one. I, I think they're going to be an interesting watch. Um, I definitely hold a lot of the French players that, I know everyone is aware of, you know, like Turkey. The whole squad is star-studded, yeah, isn't it? Absolutely massive. You look at their defensive options, they could walk into most um, fully-fledged um, international sides. And, yeah, I think they're going to be, you know, on, on looking and a quick brief look at the squad lists, France's is very impressive, as is Belgium's. A lot of Belgium's players, like with, you know, a lot of experience at the top end of, of uh, you know, European football. So... Yeah, excited for France, you know, players like Enzo Lafi, uh, Lukeba, Cherky, Calimuendo, um, Kakare, uh, you know, Chevalier in goal, Melier in goal, Premier League experience. Like, that is a squad and a half. Um, Simakan, the list goes on. Yeah. You know, they've got so much depth. And, you know, like Germany have a squad there that, you know, you forget that. You could put Musiala and Verts in that squad, and they would still have a few years ahead of a yeah. lot of players selected. So there's a lot of talent, you know, in that sort of you under twenty one category. Um, and like you said, if you play so so rare, the whole point, you know, the whole buzz of it is that little bit of scouting. If you think you found the next gem that you can pick up reasonably cheap, a lot of these players in these squad lists are still, I think quite obtainable price-wise that I've had a look at a couple today. and But I think that once the tournament starts, if someone stands out, you know, those prices on SoRare, not just SoRare, obviously in the in world football, interest picks up, players will get linked to clubs. So it's going to be really interesting for the transfer market. But yeah, especially interesting if you're a SoRare manager. Um, the Dutch squad is really good as well for, you know, SoRare managers. Yeah. Be quite interesting. I think Gravenberch back in the mix there. Um, he, he's in the under twenty one squad. Last I checked, I need to double check. Yeah. But um, yeah, big chance for him to, you know, reprove himself. Um, we haven't seen a lot of him since he moved to Bayern. So I think uh, some big performances from him could see him switch over to another, you know, top five league in Europe um, with a few good performances under his belt. And you'd expect. A player of that caliber to have a good tournament um especially in a team that have to be one of the favorites as well so um yeah i'm super excited for that uh, i haven't had a chance really to look at the other tournaments that there'd be that the gold cup quinny you might be a little bit more well equipped than i am to talk about what we might be looking out for there uh who's involved and what we can expect from that tournament uh, well the gold cup is definitely uh, so that this is a really interesting dynamic that comes in with i think we've had it I don't know if we did get it covered before. I think this is the first time it's been covered. So if you look at the tournament tree, you can see very quickly there's like three groups, Canada, Mexico, and America are in a group each with then the likes of Panama and El Salvador and everyone else, right? 
The thing with this competition, of course, is it is North American, but MLS waits for no man, you know, so MLS continues to play. The majority of, like, some of these teams, particularly the North American, you know, they are all North American, you know, but, like, Canadian players, American players, and even, like, El Salvador internationals, etc., play in MLS. So the Gold Cup is going to be really uh, exciting to get that international utility, particularly if there is a special weekly against that, because I could maybe see that happening maybe a bit more likely than the Euros, or maybe not, who knows, it's up for discussion, I suppose. But what you then find happens in MLS is all the backups play, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So uh, I had it before with American games in general. I don't think it was Gold Cup, it might be World Cup qualifiers or something, but like Sean Johnson would get called into the America squad, and then Barraza would play, getting like a game or two when he was away with the camp. Eloy Room is the national man, uh, the national goalkeeper for Curacao. So when he goes away with Karachal, if they've made the group stages, I've not checked, but I think they probably will have because they've been getting a lot of uh, dual nationals from Holland over over the mm. last few years, like Eloy Room. So they've got a decent wee squad. Um, and then the number two goalkeeper at Columbus will play all the MLS games while Eloy Room is away, you know, for example. And Alex Roldan is like an El Salvador international. And then there's lots of little quirks across MLS like this, the, depending on what opportunities that gives up. You know, there's some really good domestic plays that probably come out of cheaper cards that have maybe been forgotten about, or you maybe yeah. need somebody to fix a problem for you. And now you can actually find a guy that costs like a fraction of the price to fill for a few weeks. Well, you know, this goalkeeper's away or that center back's away or whatever. Yeah. it's a good point. Didn't even really think about that, but would you say that the gold cup, you know, it will the MLS um, teams sort of like allow the players to leave to the gold club or is it more of the, I they need to, uh, yeah, you'd expect that the most, they should just be allowed to just go. Um, yeah, that's interesting. That is going to definitely throw up a few of those kind of like, yeah, like you said, the second choice goalkeepers coming in the mix. And, you know, so another thing I, I, I want to throw at you, Sasha, at this point, sorry to walk on your well, toes there, but like if you've got MLS teams that don't have Gold Cup internationals and kind of remain at full strength, you know, those plays might become a wee bit extra OP all of a sudden by accident, you know, because you're going to play Columbus who are playing their second choice goalkeeper. So are Minnesota because Dane St. Clair's away. So are this team because their defenders and goalkeepers are away, you know, and uh, there will be some, you know, like it's, there's always that two sides of the coin, international football and even with like Champions League midweek football, the extra rotation jeopardy that you, sometimes you don't want the guys that are going away and playing more football. You just want the guys that are set and repeat. They're going every weekend. They know what they're doing. You know the guy that's on penalties and whatever, and uh, none of them are that good where they're getting called up to go play for Canada or whatever it might be. So there's so many cuts that, and the Gold Cup I think runs basically along the same calendar as the Euros. I think the Euros starts the 21st of June, whereas the Gold Cup might start maybe like a few days beforehand or maybe a week before. But the finals of all of those tournaments, they're, they're again they're kind of around the same point in time. So. We're going to get a few mad game weeks. And I don't know if these things will actually change the prize pool. The guys on uh, Sorry Our Data mentioned that yesterday, you know, because then these things are licensed per se. Mm. So there's no real impetus to suggest that the reward pools would be any bigger than what they are. Like this game week where there's no European football on, it's only MLS and co. Good point, that. Yeah, I think it'll be really interesting to see where people start positioning the players as well, like whether they, you know, and what kind of like, what tournaments will open as well? I'm assuming obviously we'll have like all of the, the all-star tournaments will be open as it, as usual. U23, of course. But I wonder if, um, does it, is is there any, obviously America will be open because we've got a lot of fixtures there, but you know, 
you you'll know better than me if the amount of it's it's down to the amount of clubs that have fixtures right not the amount of players that are covered having fixtures so we aren't going to see like challenger europe open up when belgium are playing because belgium squad are all challenger players or but i'm pretty sure unless they change the rules right that won't happen we won't see challenges i would expect up. that but yeah i think it is on games in that region and yeah. international football is always all-star and i guess no cap mods in under 23. In that case, maybe they will open a couple of special weeklies up. That'll be you know, just to try and kind of like distribute the prizes a little bit more or maybe open up like a slightly larger chunk of prizes because if the prize pools are as they are now, but you've got, you know, like U23 for the next few months was going to be pretty thin. But now, you know, in those game weeks, specifically, particularly in the group stages, it's going to be a lot of, Covered, covered players playing and like you mentioned as well a lot of players who possibly are number two goalkeepers at their parent club or backups who but actually at under 21 level will be like the star player or um you know i was thinking of players like this myself and i don't want to like shoot myself in the foot before i start getting into the market but you think of players like somerville at leeds who is probably a starter for the Netherlands under 21 and probably one of the better players as well. But, you know, at Leeds, he kind of gets minutes here and there. He's not been the main man. Um, and there's there'll be lots of options like that available in the market. So I think it all, I think we'll see the market kick into overdrive the next couple of weeks, especially for those U23 players, for people that maybe want to try and dominate. But, um, are you going to be adding any pieces? Are you? Do you think this is an opportunity to add, or are you thinking more of, look at what I've got, and you know, does this give me an extra entry for the next few months? I think um, with the goalkeepers, like I'll have tennis. Hopefully, like I, I reckon he starts. A lot of people are talking to me on my Twitter thread. Like, why do you think tennis? Why are you so sure about it? I just feel that he's been the under twenty one keeper. I feel that he's the La Masia guy as well, and it feels like Spain like from top to bottom are like very in favor of Barcelona youth prospects playing international football all the time. Like Ansu Fati get capped, Rapids, Pedrick, you know, it feels like Barca guys always get good Spain treatment in my experience. So that's the main, it's one of the main things that goes with it. I think Trubin's expected to show up in the Ukraine squads, you know, Kravitzvillia vibes to what you were saying before. And um, with, yeah, so and then with Tani still being a, a coin toss every week, essentially, in my mind, it maybe gives me another goalkeeper or two, maybe if Trubin and Tenas both play. Uh, so it maybe does give me a wee bit more action over those times. And I'm quite excited to like just steamhouse this team into under-23s because it's a good opportunity for me to maybe be ahead of the pack in terms of you know strength of team if I've got these things playing. Uh, like I've not had for a while another 23 you know there's no Mbappe there's no Haaland you know there's no uh, Schlotterbeck you know there's no Timber uh, there's no some real power players you know so I'm quite excited for getting a wee bit of under 23 action for it but I, I think I'm done adding like, I think you know I, I could maybe see myself picking up another striker but it would really need to I know who I would get I'm going to keep that to myself for now um, <laughs> cards, cards to the chest on this one the now yeah. um, but uh, it would it would really need to Looking at him again now, I, I would yeah I'd be very interested in doing it, but I don't think it would come cheaply now, unfortunately. And I think the yeah. the price of admission now is probably yeah he had an auction go recently enough. It's just a wee bit beyond what I think is reasonable for what I would want him for, uh, which is just to smash the group stages, you know. Yeah, but I think I've had a little look. Yeah, 
is like trying to figure out for myself like are there any players i can pick up and use but they're also useful for me for next season so i'm not just buying them for now there but um yeah the few players i was looking at obviously i've got I've got quite a few PSV options, so I was looking at like Fabio Silva, but he's actually, you know, he's over there on loan. There's no like a guarantee that he'll be there again next season, um, unless I'm mistaken. But I'd, I'd assume he goes back to Wolves and maybe goes out on loan again, or stays at Wolves next season. Um, but he had a pretty good end of the season um, in in the Eredivisie, and you know, he's a player that would make sense in my gallery beyond this tournament, but also. Um, just give me open up an option, certain fixtures if teams get knocked out, what whatnot. But um, I think yeah, I've got a few Dutch options, a couple of German options, French options. Um, got Van der Voort as a goalkeeper who hopefully you know stays in the tournament long enough that I get to use him. But I don't think I've got any more goalkeepers um, other than Van der Voort. So yeah, I th- be interesting to see like does this go into twenty three or do you know do I hit all star with like the powerhouses? You know, I do. Th- I do expect France to roll some teams over, and in that those weeks, am I better off putting that team in U twenty three against other people who probably, you know, have those cards as well? So yeah, it's going to be the selection part of it. It's going to be interesting. Uh, just a little bit gutted that I don't have a super rare goalkeeper option because uh, that said though, I could have on any given game week because I've still got FC Souls U twenty three goalkeeper as an option. So. In the game weeks where Saul play as well, you know, I could roll a team there with, you know, MLS players as well as, you know, now it's just, it, it should just bolster my options a little bit more than I might have, might have seen um, at this we'll stage. for that group stage period, Estish, uh, I know for NYC, because they're my other under 23 players that will be playing at the moment. NYC have got three fixtures that marry up with that group stage. Mm. So I've got like Magno and a few other guys that I can, like maybe uh, supplement it with as well over that group stage. But um, yeah, so yeah, I, I think it making sense beyond your gallery. If you are going to add anyone in, it's definitely something to do. Like I brought in Camelo and Manu Sanchez to fill out that Spain buff. Manu Sanchez is under 23 defender that if you look at his SO5 graph, if I tell you he's a guy with potential, you'd probably accept that from me and <laughs> and move on. You know, he's fine, you know. But if you actually watch him, he's quality. Osasuna has been a big part of their success over the last two seasons. Really good left back. And then our guy, Camelo, is on loan via Cano this year. Actually, one of them is unlimited. And we watched a game early se- earlier this season where he got double decisive. He's a really exciting forward. He was only on loan at via Cano from Athleti. And he'll probably go on loan somewhere else next season. And he's a wee guy that maybe if he did show up in Challenger or something, like on loan could be way better than what he was this year, SO5 wise, if you get me. But both those guys have got like raw stats that I can maybe just, you know, I got them in for next to fuck all, you know. But, yeah. So, and I like them both and I knew them both already. And I say it just helps me then. I don't mind riding the Spain ticket to the final if, you know, that that's that's the, the bet I'm making, if you like. That's the, the play I'm, I'm rolling out when I take those guys on for the now. But then I know next year, like, hey, the prospects for them are not terrible. They, they might be useful somewhere. Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely really good, good to watch it. And um, I'm assuming that those games will be pretty easy to watch as well through like the betting sites. I think it's on Sky. Is it Sky? They're covering it all as well. I think so. Don't quote me on that just yet, but I'm planning on doing watch-alongs and stuff and I'm pretty sure it's got proper coverage. Nice. Nice. Yeah, I'd expect it to be on TV somewhere. I just didn't know what TV uh, had it all lined up. Just having a little look. I think England have a really good shout in this tournament as well. Um, England have got a great shout, man. Just yeah. not enough 
of their cards available. That archer is the one you want, I think, for up front. Yeah. Um, I don't know about the goalkeeper, if it's Trafford or the other guy. Um, yeah, Trafford is the favourite to start, from what I've read. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's a there's there's a lot of good options there. I think there's a few Liverpool cards, you know, like um, Harvey Elliott will be a key player. I think in this. I tournament. was uh, I was so close, like two weeks ago, Stish, to getting on auction the one of ten. Uh, what's his name? Callum Doyle, Tommy yes. Doyle. Yeah, the Man City boy. I seen he's in the squad. That it could be a tournament where somebody like him shows up. Eh? Are we? Are we Phil Foden, Mark Two, or something? Are we DNP Man City cards comes out yeah. morgan gibbs white's a big shout out by the way because yeah. he's somebody that i've followed since that england team that he was a part of with foden won like the 17s world cup or the 18s world cup or something so he's got like good tournament experience for that england team had a good finish to his premier league campaign and overall i think he's way better than maybe most armchair fans would maybe you know think on the surface i think gibbs white's really good and he could be a real if england are going to do something i could see him being a big part of it yeah, it's amazing just looking now at the uh, the sort of predicted eleven for France. You know, like as it stands, the predicted eleven doesn't actually include Turkey in there. <laughs> he's not he's, he's not expected to start. But then you have got players like Guiri. It's like Guiri has been Guiri like playing for years, doesn't it? Yeah, for him to still be eligible at this level is insane, really. Um, but you know, like t- the the expected starting centre back pairing of Fafana and Lukeba. Could walk into most like international starting 11s like at full international level a lot um, of people think badiashi will start as well he's in the squad and just simican there <laughs> they have so much depth i mean yeah it's absolutely insane i mean adley who's looked really good at leverkusen towards the end of the season as well there uh yeah. Muendo, you know xpsg enzo lafi we all, all of us know enzo lafi now um yeah what a strong lineup they've got there um yeah, they're going to be fun to watch. I think F- French, um, England look good on paper. Spain, of course. Um, you know, like Michael Elise at France is going to be a really interesting he one. Will, he could be mega at this tournament. He could, yeah. if somebody was thinking about buying him, the performances he could bring to this, they would go bang. Let's just go. Like, I mean, someday on the continent, yeah. just going 40 million, go get him, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Another thing for him as well is because he's got the dual nationality. So he hasn't. He still hasn't had the uh, full international call up yet. Oh, he's really? still eligible for England as well. If he smashes this tournament, there is going to be like uh, not just a fight at you know like club level. You can almost imagine the international England versus France. We see it all over again, eh? Yeah, yeah. It'd be it could be that, but you know, I think that the fact. I mean, I wouldn't want to speculate, but you you think if he's because he must have had interest from England at, at this level as well, right? He's obviously picked France now, surely. Um, so, yeah, he'll he'll be one to watch. Definitely, like you said, if he has a good tournament, Crystal Palace are going to have to fight hard to keep hold of him for next season, I think. But, um, I mean, they'll probably have to do that with or without this tournament, to be honest, the way he played last season. But, yeah, lots of... Lots you of understand saying Badiashio and Fafana are not in the squad? I've seen something saying Badiashio was definitely in this. Uh, I need to ch- change or I've seen something wrong. I'm reading I something don't know about Fafana, but... from a little bit further back. So let me have a look at the front squad and see if... So sorry about that. Good catch, Jonathan. Jonathan's got a huge watch list on Soria Data. Uh, for under 21 euros, it's got over 100 likes. It's getting well followed. So if you search Soria Data for Jonathan Gargi, Soria Israel, you'll find his watch list or under 21 euro watch list. It'll probably come up. And uh, he's got I mean, probably all the cards 
that are probably in that watch list if I know if I know Gargi yeah. well enough at this point. Uh, so okay, yes, yeah, so if Fafana and Badia Shield are not in the squad. Um I thought I seen Badia. I could have swore I seen Badia Shield in the squad. That's weird. But yeah, can't there, isn't he? The thing I've been reading is from a few from a few weeks back, you know, so it's uh it's probably a little bit ahead of the final squad list, but from a quick Google search, yeah, it doesn't look like Fafana or Babi Badia Shield are in there. As as what I'm looking at, Kalulu, Lukeba, Quentin Merlin, uh, Larucci, um, Loic Bade, Mohamed Simakan, um, Bafoda Diakiti, and uh, Sasha Boy. So, yeah, they're not in there, but maybe. No. Sasha Boy will be the big breakout star of that defence. If uh, Sasha Boy and there's another one, Destiny Udogi and Soppy, some guy, Brandon Soppy. Those three guys were all linked to Celtic to replace Frimpong. We didn't get any of them. And uh, I've just always, I think Soppy's at Atalanta. That boy's at Galatasaray, isn't he? And then I forget who the mm. other name was and where he's at now. But all of them went on, actually, and they've done pretty A-OK. But that Sasha boy, he's only just got like three cards on so rare. But see, if you look at his scores, he would have been an under-23 defender of death this year if you could have got him. And uh, I think by all accounts, he's leaving Galatasaray, this transfer window. And he's quality, by you know, by all accounts. I'm yet to see him play. So when you said his name there, that wee bell went off just for me. So I just wanted to let everyone know. Sasha Bowie, take note. He could be a big breakout. He's just not cheap anyway. <laughs> yeah, just doing a quick search because you mentioned Frimpong there. And I thought... Uh, he's not going. Having a look. It, so there's... People are saying that he he's not... Go- well, obviously he's not going, but people are saying that he turned down the opportunity to go. I'm yeah, not sure how much truth there is in that, but... Um, is saying that he refused to play a part of in in the squad, which is surprising because I think you know this would be a really good opportunity for him to sort of like stamp his claim for the for the national side uh, a little bit more than he has done up to this point. But um, I think he's probably I want a break, you know, just like nah, I could do with mm, that this year. Maybe that, maybe that. But um, but yeah, lots lots to uh, lots to look at. Lots of uh, lots of players to keep an eye on, but I'll, yeah, fingers crossed. I'll have some decent options there. Definitely got a few super rares playing as well, so quite happy about that. It will definitely bolster my options in D two for U twenty three next to my uniquely hand bomb and bake Jong bomb uh, defensive pairing. But uh, that's that's been uh, up and down for me this season. FC Seoul struggling to keep clean sheets. Um, how have you? How did you get on in the K League Special Weekly, Quinny? Did you end up getting involved in that last week? Nah, wasn't for me. I seen them, um, but I don't know if you seen the leaderboard. Pavel won it. I think he came second in the end. Oh, did he? I think oh, he was, oh, there was a game right at the end, wasn't there? there was a game. Yeah, or one, and then once all the scores are updated and stuff like that as well. But um, I think I'm going to check it now. But I think he finished second. Um, uh, someone in the chat, as we mentioned on last week's show. We were sure that we'd have some end product in the community in the chat this week. And uh, Tolulu in the chat saying they finished 14th in the special weekly. That was so good. Tolulu, does that mean you won a shirt? Did, were you one of the shirt winners then? Um, I know Mikey Basson finished uh, right up. Uh, maybe even won the limited one, I think, Mike. Mike, Mike ran really high uh, in the limited. See, I think he might have won it. Or did he got a shirt anyway. Um, right. I think, yeah, anyone listening, especially live or after we've been live, let us know how you got on in the Kaylee Special Weekly because I definitely know there's a lot of you heroes and legends out there 
uh, rinsing the leaderboard and pulling out some great prizes. I'm sure I heard the data guys as well saying someone won Carlos Heel Unique for, for winning it. I thought it was Pavel, but it must have been whoever else won it. But that was the payout. Yeah, and I think Pavel finished second. Um, let's see what he won. Should be able to see. Oh, it's difficult to see what he won because uh, he was so... Where is he? That's last week. Uh, oh, that's nothing. Look, we've got we've got night mode now on our server data. That's pretty nice. Uh, but yeah, Pavel finished second in the end. Uh, he got pipped by uh, nine points by Seb Orb, who finished top. Um, but yeah, I managed to finish in the cards. Um, nice. I, and I, I had a, not not the most useful of cards, but a nice one to win for me. Um, I got an FC Soul player. Palisavich. So that was a nice little win for someone who watches a lot of FC Soul. I was happy with that. Um, I also picked up a super rare win in U23 last weekend. We haven't even got into the end product, Quinny. Uh, no. So let me uh, let me just get into what I won last week. So I won a, a, a super rare. Where are we? Let me just have a What's the quickest way to get into my gallery and have a look at my so rare results? Um, that doesn't show me in my results who I actually won. I'm thinking, what's the easiest way to do this? Just to quickly see my, is it you look at gallery or? Yeah, gallery my and then, sorry, I'll go and check um, the tab again, sorry. My gallery and then SO5 results. SO5. Or SO5 stats. Oh, there you go. Depends on exactly what page you're after. Here we go. So I won... Uh, so I got Sebastian Polter in All Star Rare, who is a forward for Schalke. So hopefully, be quite useful next season. They've gone down, right? So, um, and I, I got a young player, Juan Lu Sanchez. Any scouting notes on him? Um, he plays in the second tier of La Liga um, for Mirandes, but he's on loan from when I looked. He's a Sevilla uh, youth, youth prospect, eighteen-year-old midfielder. Um, he's played for Spain at youth level. So might be a good hold. Um, definitely not one I'm going to sell. I think uh, I'm just going to hold on to him. But could be a decent hold. You know, it goes for his last auction went for 0.285. Um, he's, he does score as well. He's been playing this season. But yeah, we'll have to wait and see what happens to him at the end of the season moving to Sevilla. But, you know, like while he was playing, he hit some pretty nice green patches there, you know, there's a there's a there's a section of his season where he's hit decisives in like six of eight fixtures. Um, so yeah, if he can get a move or stay on again next season, um, he could be a really good hold for me. So I was really happy with that. I think that was a uh, finishing eleventh, uh, I think, in U twenty three Super Rare. Oh, tenth, I eventually finished. So happy, pretty happy with that. Um, Zalabanzi in the chat says. Um, I have his SR as well. He's a quality right wing back with endless stamina. We have to hope he gets a loan move again. And uh, yeah, I would agree with that. That's some extra intel that I didn't have. I didn't. I hadn't looked at exactly where in the midfield he played. So a right wing back at a good club is fantastic. A right wing back at a bad club gets battered. So fingers crossed he gets like another loan to like La Liga 2 um, next season. I think that could be a good shout. Um, but yeah, looking to hold on to him. I think I'll hold all three of those rewards. Palisavich more for a sentimental value. I might there might be times of the season where it's a bit more obvious that he slots in, but at the moment he's one of those players that you can't ever really guess 
who's going to start? I mean, even Osmar started on the bench this week for Seoul. So any anyone can can end up on the bench in that midfield. Um, and he's definitely found himself on the bench a little bit of late. So, yeah, not a bad little haul. Um, and, yeah, I'll be looking forward to seeing what happens of uh, of most of those next season. But uh, we got a pretty stacked game week up ahead. Have you got into the lineup builder, Quinny? Have you got anything particularly exciting coming up the weekend? So I think it's more, I'm not really worried about lineups at the moment. I'm just kind of trying to pay attention to who is playing and not playing and stuff. But it is, uh, you know, it, especially with this under-21s thing that we're talking about at the moment, for me this summer it is all about getting the house in order and doing some some trade pieces and stuff like that. So I'm kind of more with the with the lineups I've got going out every week is just first and foremost find out who's playing, like who will play, you know, get on the starting pitch and whatever, and then go from there. But it's all really, mate, honestly, all my attention and all my focus is on uh, transfer news at the moment, you know, things that are going on with Celtic and just with a lot of, I've got a lot of guys that are like loan bait, you know, in Europe and stuff like that, you know, guys that are transfer bait, you know, that are ready to move or something, you know, so I've got so many question marks up in there and did you see Nicholas's tweet yesterday? No. What was oh, that? Oh, right, I'll, I'll recite it for you, it was poetry, right? <laughs> um, I may be giving it a bit more credit than it's due, but it was definitely um, a lot of fun to say the least. Where the heck is it? Uh, so Big Nick, Nico, Nicholas Julia, the, the founder of this beautiful game that we all love and are madly obsessed with. Oh, I can't even find it. Let me just go and search him. He put out a little tweet yesterday, which um, I think it was before. It might, I think it may have been after the under-21 thing. Uh, the, <clears throat> in the, the, the words of the man, the pipeline of amazing product features coming in the next weeks and months is the best I've seen in Soraya's short history. The step up is going to be insane. No emojis, no gifts, no, no just like punch, you know. Uh, so that makes me very excited. I can't wait to see what's because the collection bonus was such a left field, I think, amazing thing that they delivered. You know, like I don't think there's any pushback on it in any sense. And I think so many aspects of the game are enhanced now through mm. that. And with all the other stuff we know is in the offing anyway, fiat wallet, cash wallet, whatever we're going to call it, that feels like it's around the corner. We know about monthly leaderboards and, you know, there's maybe a few other bits and pieces we've had foreshadowings of in some way. But we don't often, if ever, get a mad tweet like that where it's like, this is going to be insane, like, yeah, yeah. from, from the, the man itself. So I'm thinking when Soraya does get insane... What does my club need to have to have fun in insane so rare times? <laughs> you know, <laughs> so that's the that's and, the scales of balance. Preempt the potential, like I mean, like what what in let's speculate on what things we we might see in the coming weeks if they're that good. Like, is there anything that sticks out as like and these same product updates, right? So that might not necessarily mean gameplay. It might mean website. It might mean you know the the club shop it could be anything um i mean what are the, some of the things that you'd love to see implemented in the next few weeks if you can bid and buy on cards through the app like if it's through like apple wallet and all that stuff that they've kind of teased at a little bit already if it is as simple as i'm watching a game and i can just pull my phone out and go oh, fuck it, i'll buy that limited for a tenner yeah and it's it's piece of piece of p you know uh, it's done in two seconds 
think that something like that would be mad for like the platform for the thing, the company, whatever you want to think of it as. Um, and in terms of the game, honestly, the collection bonus threw me through such a. Like, I did not see any of that coming in any no. format. Like they could do this, they could do that, or anything. So I really can't even imagine where their heads at and the sort of things that they've been cooking up in the background now at this point. But when he's talking about the game mode, I think we know we're going to get a lot of things tested like the final test runs of some stuff is probably going to happen this summer so we go into the 23-24 season we've got i think they want to have a complete game you know by july august i think they want to look at it and be able to go right everything is there now there's no half finished work or remember that idea on the drawing board or to make this work that makes sense to happen and all the, you know the Charlie Day meme of you know the the, the red the red red lines across the board and all that you know, <laughs> um all that kind of stuff is kind of ticked off and addressed. So he says there are weeks and months at point of recording. We're at the eighth of June. Could very easily see us get to the by the end of June as the under twenty ones are on etc. Like we'll have stuff that's not even been on the radar that will be like in the next few weeks. I think it will be the center of all attention. Yeah. Someone in the chat, Butchers FC, said internal chat discussion between managers. I think that is one we've touted on here. I would love to not have to use Discord to chat about offers. Um, absolutely. I agree with that one. I'd love to see that. Um, yeah, I mean, the I love I love the club shop update recently with the you know like the special merch drops and stuff like that. I, I think it's hard to scale that at the level of, you know, like the amount of managers. Um, but I don't know what other things might, I, I, I don't know about gameplay modes. I think it might be more like website features. Like you said, maybe we see the Fiat wallet rolled out, maybe another update of the app that is a lot better and easier. And maybe you can not navigate the market, buy cards in the app. I think that's massive actually. Never even really thought about that, but yeah, if they can make that app a little bit more, easy to use for especially for new users i think a lot of us sort of like seasoned users will always sort of navigate our way to so red data um to do with most of our messing about and then we'll click go on the website to buy or purchase or make the trades that we need to do but having that built into an app for new users because i think a lot of the new users that sign up will come via the app they won't come via the website it'll be you know your apple pays your your uh yeah, your, your wallets, all that kind of thing, straight straight up. Um, Jonathan said, play with Messi in Miami. I mean, that would be a prize I think we'd all like to win. <laughs> that, would be pretty, that would be pretty tidy. I can see it. I've seen some of the fine details of the deal earlier today, and it's like Messi has profit share on any Apple TV increase in subscriptions from the point yeah. of his signing. So, like, he is just rubbing his hands together, man. He is, like, Ronaldo got quoted a week ago, saying Saudi will be in the top five leagues. And I think that this messy move, you know, they can sign Benzema, Kante, Mares, David De Gea. They can go and sign all these players to Saudi, but Messi going to MLS, I think, like, Saudi's just like, you you can't, I don't think you can live golf, football, if you get me. Like, I don't think mm. they'll be able to do that, you know, the same way. And if you could, I think you would have to do what MLS has been doing over the last 20 years, you know. Um, so I think Messi going... Uh, they, they, so I, anyway, I think MLS, Messi, all of that, so wherever they got tie-ins with him, could very easily see so rare Miami experiences with, with Messi and Co. get done 
very well because he's very much plugged into this being a commercial endeavor you know he's on profit share with apple tv (laughs) yeah yeah it's uh it's an insane deal um you know adidas has got something to do with it as well haven't they they've got some some kind of bonuses in there for him i guess on like merch sales because they they make the 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 kit as well don't they so any sales of messy shirts in the club shop he's going to be taking a huge rake of that which you know in in miami as well where there's a huge south american contingent in there as well so yeah it's it's a massive move for him he's already got a house out there as well hasn't he so he doesn't even need to worry about settling himself in over there um and i mean can you can can we even just speculate on the kind of scores we're going to be seeing from Lionel messi uh i know that he's not moving to a particularly great club in terms of the players he's got around him at the moment but um, who wouldn't want to play with Messi, right? Who else do they want to sign? They they could pick up a few more stars to sit alongside him and really start picking points up. But Messi's SO5 in uh, in Miami, what do we think, up or down from his PSG SO5? Now, a lot of people are going to spit their tea out here. Up. I don't see, I don't see goalkeepers in MLS saving shots from Messi. Like, I know... Yeah, you can shit on Liga and La Liga all you want, right? But there's maybe three bad goalkeepers in both those divisions, generally four. Mm. I look at MLS and I think there's two or three good goalkeepers in the division. I think anytime Steve Clark, anytime John McCarthy, anytime Tim Melia, see these guys when they play, if Messi shoots on target, they're not going to be able to stop it. Like, you know, not saying he pure bashes the ball and he's going to burst holes in the net, but He's elite, you know, like, and mm. maybe maybe Blake can make a few saves. Maybe Willis can make a few saves. Maybe Sean Johnson can make a few saves. But, you know, it's a very short list, I think. Anyone he gets a shot on target from 20 yards, he's scoring. You know, there's no two ways about it. He's going to win a lot more dribbles, I will say that. He's a lot less people going to be tackling him. And I think that referees will defend him as well. You know, like, they, they will be looked after out there. I don't think anyone wants to see Messi off the pitch. The MLS don't want to be responsible for the downfall of this man's career. I think he'll be protected. I think he'll win a lot of dribbles. He'll win a lot of fouls. Um, so, yeah, maybe his SO5 does go up. In the chat, very good point made. Uh, where was it? I want to make sure. Messi v. Guzan, because that's kind of the antithesis of what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. And Brad Guzan's not got a chance. Messi will score five against him. You know, like, shorts sure. on target will be goals. Yeah. Like <laughs> It was from looking for food. It says just as important. Who out of that Miami team would benefit from Messi? Um, I need to have a little look at who they've been starting. I haven't really been paying too much attention to them because I don't have many of the Miami players this season. I would say Campania is the the obvious one. Campania, yeah. if you were going to be going after someone, because they've got the, the three DPS they've got are Gregor, Rodolfo Pizarro, and Campania. Campania's just in the door from a Premier League club. Gregor is a captain of sorts, so he's maybe you know, relatively-ish safe, but Pizarro will probably go to facilitate Messi, but then if they are going to bring in Busquets and Alba, you mm. know, they're going to need, I don't think they'll get rid of Campania, so I think one of those guys, minimum. What about um, Joseph, Joseph Martinez up top? Joseph Martinez is on the biggest, like, non-DP deal you can give somebody, basically, if you know what I mean. So I think somebody like Alba or Busquets, you're going to need to get creative with how you're getting them paid, because... Maybe they get rid of Gregor, which I, you know, fair enough. Let's say they get rid of Gregor and they get rid of Pizarro. 
that allows Messi plus one. So Jordi Alba or Busquets, unless they get rid of Campania, which I don't see because he's the other striker that's quick and young and maybe a bit of an asset. Hmm. Um, one of them will need to take a Joseph Martinez type deal if both of them go there. But I'm not, you know, for Miami cards, I think you're more looking at trying to get midfielders that will constantly play, you know, like if there is, um, you know, wing positions, centre mids, whatever. You know, I'm thinking about, I can't remember some of the names. I might say Cam Duke or Bryce Duke or something like that. But there was a, there was a wee, you know, guys like that because the, the club obviously want to emphasise their academy. So any academy players that are around there are probably going to be, you know, the ones that have been featuring mm. are probably going to be safer from getting punted out the door versus yeah. like a, a Joseph or a Gregor or something, you know. Um, yeah. But but yeah, literally, I don't think Messi's scores can not improve. You know, the only thing, again, the chat makes a great point. He's not going to play 100% of matches. You know, there'll probably be altitude surfaces maybe that he doesn't he doesn't fancy. Uh, SR uh, Dimebar Charlie's caught me here. Bryce Duke get traded out last month. Just that type of person, you know, but he does kind of fly in the, the face of the point of making that he's maybe safer if he's just been traded out. But I do think they will be under even tighter constraints now with their squad agility and those homegrown academy prospects that are getting brought through are probably going to be even more important. Um but yeah, man, I think like, honestly the only way is 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 up for for Messi scores. That's just my opinion. Like you say, Jules, he'll be he'll win a lot of fouls. You know, if anyone tackles Messi, it'll be a foul. Um, and I can't see. You know, it's just going to be you're going to need to get really cute with knowing if you've got him the games he won't play because it probably will become evident quite quickly. Um, if he has got games that he will or will not make. Yeah, I'm just gonna have a little look at his price action since uh, the last couple of days just to see like what the SoRare market thinks of this move and it spiked up massively in limited so obviously the I think the community agrees Quinny that the scores are going to go up from here um, and in rare as well he's seen a nice spike uh, you know he's amazing that he dropped as low as he did but you know he's up to there was a sale of uh, 1.3 ETH yesterday a direct offer um no super rare trades yet there's obviously not many of them about let me but... throw this out to you in the chat stashy boy what would you rather have uh enter miami messi or a psg messi uh collectibles for fun like the card aspect of it what's for my personal personal would have to be psg just because i saw him playing that in this season and i've got the mbappe as well so a, a rare a rare messy psg shirt for me on that basis from a collectible but I guess, like, in terms of, like, when we look back on his career, I feel like there's potential for him to make, you know, like, I think that if you look at Beckham and you think, you know, he was at AC Milan, PSG, uh, you know, um, LA Galaxy. And I think that his time at the LA Galaxy, when we look back back on Beckham's career, it will be the the deal he got there was a groundbreaking deal where he went on to like make ownership of like a front. Uh, he really brought a lot of eyes on. There's a statue of him outside the stadium. It's like that is an in as much as people might be like, oh yeah, but it doesn't matter. It's MLS. No, that is a that was an important part of his story as a player. And I feel like this move could be the same for Messi in that sense that he will become a part of this. It's still a pretty new franchise. Um, you know, owned by David Beckham. Messi goes there to see out the last couple of years of his career. Let's be honest, he's probably going to go to Saudi in a couple of years and just like clean up over there for a year or two into his 40s, maybe. And I was thinking about this the other day because, again, it 
it's the Ronaldo versus Messi always comes up. Oh, Messi didn't go take the Saudi money. He's still a few years younger than Ronaldo. And I would not, I, I could still see Ronaldo doing another move off the back of this Saudi, like get a couple of years in Saudi and then end up in the MLS at, at 41 or something like that, Ronaldo. Don't know about you, but I, I don't think, I don't think his this time. I don't think Saudi is. I don't think Saudi is Ronaldo's last stop. You know, I don't either. Sporting Lisbon's probably still on the cards somewhere. MLS, yeah. I think the whole legal systems maybe part of the the thing there still. I don't know if that's went away. Um, some interesting. So the chat seems pretty divided on the PSG Miami thing. Um, Butchers makes a great point. So five utility a PSG collection is way better than a Miami collection for oh, So five purposes. You know, yeah. uh, so that's a very very valid point. And then Arwen here from looking for food. He wants to retire at Newell's, right? So we've seen no Barcelona loan materialise. You've just referenced Beckham's loan moves. AC Milan, PSG, they were all loan moves when he was at LA Galaxy. He obviously owns Miami. We've seen Lampard do the Man City loan when NYC signed him. And uh, I wouldn't rule out Messi maybe getting a loan to Newell's. And see, see this, uh, maybe Saudi Arabia would be the exception, right? But I think with Messi owning a chunk of Miami... I could see him probably being a Miami player for, say, six years. For, let's just say on paper, five years, four years, whatever the number is, is total of his career. But maybe we see him play a season in Newell's on loan from Inter-Miami one season. He just does it. He just takes a holiday. He owns the club partially. Mm. You know, He can sanction himself alone, I'm sure, to his hometown team. Uh, and again, if an opportunity did come up to go to Barca on loan, for like three months of the of the year when they're in Champions League quarters or something snaking like that and they're going to, you know, I could see that kind of thing happening or, you know, whatever else could maybe happen. He's got, he owns that team now a bit. He doesn't yeah. need to sell himself. He doesn't need to leave. He could always just loan himself around the place if he wanted. It's such an interesting move. Uh, I've always said, I remember having this conversation with my friends in the pub years ago. It was like, you that try to pick five five clubs for your career you know where do you start where do you spend like your sort of peak and then like a couple of couple of clubs to end your career and your final one and i was i i was saying i think into i said back then like into miami is like your final your final stop you know pitch yourself up a nice little penthouse suite on south beach uh play in the sun training in a nice part of the world where you know it's always warm and you've got the beach and there's you know there's money if you've got money you're amongst like the rich and famous. So I think Messi's probably seen that as well and thought, you know, what, what a nice place to go retire. And if he's already got a house out there and stuff like that as well, but yeah, that's a really interesting point you make about all the loans and that, and going back to Newell's definitely very viable with this deal that he's got and seeing that out, maybe that makes yeah. sense. Um, but yeah, you know, it, if Ronaldo, if Ronaldo leaves uh, Saudi, in two seasons or one, what, one and a half now where which mls club could you see ronaldo pitching up at it would only be la lafc no, it would only be la uh, fc or galaxy but i think it would only be hollywood for him you know yeah um it's ronaldo isn't it you know maybe there's a case for east coast but i don't think the weather does him um in new york or whatever you know yeah. um on paper, it probably should be like Nashville or something like that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> or Cincinnati. But you don't see CR7 rocking up in in, a, in any of these places, you know. So it's got to be one of the glamour cities, you think. But another thing I was going to say as well, like when people question, will Messi do it or whatever? See that Rooney goal yeah. that he scored against DC? Messi could do that every week. 
Like yeah. Rooney done that once, right? And Rooney was a fat fuck, right? <laughs> <laughs> Messi could do that any time he wants, you know, really that kind of thing. Take the ball, beat three guys, get a shot on target, it's a goal probably, you know. Really don't underestimate his age. It will just be how many games he plays, I think. You know, is it 80% of matches? Is it 75? Is it 95? I think um, I'm thinking it out loud now, but I was thinking, picturing in my head, like what the Ronaldo move might look like. You know, we've seen this deal, this crazy deal that they've made for Messi, and it's a fantastic deal. And it's like Ronaldo, if he ever were to move to MLS, would be looking at that as a kind of like, that's the baseline figure. What can we get that Messi didn't? Let's imagine a scenario where Ronaldo starts his own franchise and owns it from like day one, like almost goes in as player owner <laughs> plays us a couple of seasons as owner of this new club that like starts its season in i don't know vegas or something like like you said it'll be it'll be showbiz it'll be i'd be a wee bit tongue-in-cheek if you started a club in vegas but you know like because vegas is where weekend. all his troubles are from you know <laughs> there is there is a franchise starting in vegas i think in yeah yeah there next, is, season, like... next season yeah so yeah we we're out there allowed in nevada that's my point yeah yeah <laughs> A new San Diego franchise, people in the chat saying, you know, that's not far from, from Hollywood, yeah. is it? Yeah. Just down the road, a couple of hours drive, done it myself. You could go and visit a, a nice a nice uh, zoo there, San Diego Zoo. I recommend it if anyone is listening, looking for a zoo to go to in the, the West Coast somewhere. Well, guys in the chat, I've got the, all the intel on it. And again, Joe just adds some flavour into this, like, I'm not saying like you know the the messy ownership part of it. It sounds like from what Joe's saying, it only kicks in like post retirement, which is fair enough, right? But my kind of sentiment with that is they've made them a business partner. You know, like they're not like employing them to play football. They've made them a business partner, and part of his bartering of that deal is that he will play football because that's what he's good at. You know, he's not going to do the the books or you know come up with new marketing strategies for them. He's just going to play football. So it's like that, that's part of my point. Is like the ownership part of it is he's, he's now a business partner. With that club and with Beckham and whoever else owns the team. So any decision he now makes by his career will be, you know, there will be business partners that will now talk to more business partners than he already has that will now be involved in discussions and whatever. I'm sure he'll be buzzing at the thought of that. But yeah, yeah that's yeah. kind of my main kind of point with that. I'm not saying he owns the team today and he's going to fire the manager or fuck all, but um, yeah. <laughs> On the subject of uh transfers and that this is always a nice time of the season to you know like try and get in early on like a bit of transfer discussion or you know try and pick up a player who's about to have that big move or potentially move into the slot of a player who has moved on and i think that we should definitely have a little chat about jude bellingham to real madrid and on the similar on the similar note to the messy chat do his so5 scores improve or not that's a tough one, right? A lot of people say no, right? Because the German league forces somebody like Bellingham into more actions, more duels, to be won and lost across the pitch. And, you know, he's forced to, particularly when that Dortmund team that are transition junkies, mm. lose the ball, get the ball, lose the ball, get the ball. That in theory, he will probably have less scorable actions, even if he does play as much in the same kind of role. But I don't mean a midfielder card in particular. He's not going to concede the goals at Real Madrid that he conceded at Dortmund for a start. And any of the, even though I, th- I think volume of action could go down, I think this, the success percentage could go up, you know. Right. And on Soraya, success percentage is really what you want, you know. If your guy's in five duels, but they win 75% of them, then that's fine. Versus a guy that's in 40 duels and wins 50% of them, you know, basically. Yeah. 
Um, I know that probably doesn't really add up because I've went too extreme on it, but no, you know, I get I, think he's, I get the point yeah. you're making. Though I agree with it. Yeah, interestingly, yeah, I think uh, like you said that the the lack of the loss of points for goals conceded definitely that's another really interesting one. That I didn't even really think about that. But um, do you think he starts every game as well? I think he probably does. It's hard to see him not start every game, right? But in modern football, no one starts every game anymore, yeah. really. I think it's the perceived best 11 is what people kind of strive to be in now, you know, like, um, yeah. and I think the, for the beginning of the season, I think it might tell us a little bit about how the season will progress for him. Um, because I do think that as the season goes on, Real Madrid didn't win the league this year, obviously they didn't win the Champions League or anything else. Uh, so there'll be big pressure on them to, to go and win stuff next year. So how they manage their squad will be a factor in that. So if he doesn't play that much at the beginning, I wouldn't really read too much into that. If anything, I think that's a good thing that they were probably going to come to rely on him more once the cohesion is there and he beds in a bit better. Whereas if it's the opposite and he plays a lot at the beginning of the season, I would be worried that as the season progresses, he might then fall into the rotation cycle of missing games here and there or, or, or whatever, if that makes sense. So I think he's definitely the future. But just this season, there is like six guys there trying to get three spots. So, yeah, I, I don't think he plays every game, basically. Has uh, Modric signed a contract extension yet, or are we still waiting to find out what he's doing next season? I'm not too sure on extensions and such, but I know Cruz and Modric will play next year, like if that's the, the, the question you're asking, really. But I know, they, yeah, I know they'll play, but I don't know contract situations or anything. Cruz has extended another year. I heard someone else in here. I think it's um, so Raul saying he signed. So, I think, uh, yeah, I think Modric is staying. So I guess, yeah, I mean, if you are Ed, Edward Camavinga or you know Chuamani, what do you, what do you make of this for them? What do you think will will happen to them next season? I think Chuamani is the one on the shaky nail, right? Mm. I think Carlo Ancelotti. I remember when they were maybe I can't remember what Champions League they were on the way to winning, right? But it was when Valverde was breaking through. They just sent Camavinga, so it must have only been two seasons ago. They just sent Camavinga. And Ancelotti said at a press conference, the future of Real Madrid's midfield is Federico Valverde, Eduard Camavinga, and Antonio Blanco. Antonio Blanco, probably nobody listening to this knows. He's still a Real Madrid kid. He's been on he's loan. In, yeah. He's been on loan in the Segunda this year. He's the main, let's just call him Sergio Busquets. He's the main Sergio Busquets for the Spain under, under 21. So you'll get to see him in this tournament that we're talking about. So I was surprised that they signed too many given that the manager had said that. But then I thought, oh, well, too many's clearly better than him then. They maybe don't rate him, whatever. But I think too many's made the noises. There's enough speculation around too many's future that he might be the one that would maybe go out. If Antonio Blanco is going to start realising some potential, he could maybe fill in, you know, into the, the second string of the squad now, perhaps. Camavinga gets more minutes now that Casemiro's gone. Maybe too many's gone as well. Camavinga's the top playing left back and super sub kind of job, yeah. you know. Um, so it's so I I think too many is probably the the shakiest nail there. He's got people that are after him, and maybe like I don't know, maybe it just works out that he's the one that goes. Yeah, I could see that. I think. Um, yeah, I mean, we got Euros um, next summer as well, so a lot of these players that feel like they might be on the fringe will probably be quite happy to leave this summer. And I think, like you said, Chiuameni will probably be falling well and truly into that category who, you know, he will be kicking on for a starting place in that French team next summer's tournament. And if he's just going to be a rotation bit part player for another season, 
behind, you know, the likes of Tony Cruz again and Kamavinga and Bellingham. And, we, you know, we don't know what happens with Blanco if he has like an in, insane um, under 23 tournament. I, I'd still expect him to go out on loan personally, but um, yeah, maybe. But yeah, going to be interesting. Mention and coming on sub and rotating and stuff, but this year because they are losing some squad guys this year, like Asensio and uh, mm. Diaz. Obviously, Benzema's not a squad guy, but I could see him maybe getting into the bench and into the background of the team. But alone would make sense, obviously. But the, the the reason I say that is just because, like, when they sign Camavinga, I think Camavinga's totally bought in. I think I don't think he will go anywhere. I don't think he'll even be upset playing left back or being on the bench once in a while. I think he is like I'm a Real Madrid guy. I can't believe I've made it. I'm here now. Mm. And he's fully bought in. It feels like the club are fully bought in on him. And I only referenced that comment because it did feel that maybe too many was just happenstance. He was doing so well at Monaco. We've just got Camavinga. We would be mad not to get this too many guy in in case he does work. And maybe he is working. Maybe this is all just speculation I'm reading too much into or whatever. But um, but that, in terms of just the Real Madrid midfield, I think that there's no way that Bellingham doesn't become a first name on the team sheet midfielder. For Real Madrid throughout this season, that will happen. You know, maybe that's the way. It, maybe it starts that way or not. But um, I think Camavinga's on that trajectory, as is Valverde. You know, even so, yeah. even if you want to think of that as a midfield going forward, forget Blancos and forget yeah uh, any of these other youth guys that might break through. But even in those guys that are there now, because maybe Bellingham replaces that too many spot. They've still got Valverde. They still get Camavinga. You know, and then Blancos your your guy on the bench because too many doesn't want to be the guy on the bench. Cruz and Modric don't mind taking their turn because they know their age. Yeah, and that's the way you go. Another question from the chat, which is a, a good one, because we're still in the kind of subject as well. Does Kane now go to Madrid to replace Benzema? Can if you he see doesn't, If he doesn't, he's an absolute donkey, like, honestly. Like, he, that guy's career has been begging for somebody like Real Madrid to show up at the door and say, we want to buy you. Yeah. You know, no one's really, like, I know he's been trying to leave and there's been all this, <clears throat> no one's really went for him. You know, nobody's really went Tottenham. Give him here's some money, you know. And he's always been happy to. Oh, I want to beat Alan Shearer's goal scoring records. <laughs> most important thing in my life, you know. It's all he cares about, you know. I, I see a quote for him talking about before this speculation became fierce, where he was like, "No, I want to stay in the Premier League, like kind of vibes." And he would probably prefer to go to Man United because I need to score more goals than Alan Shearer scored. I think that's the main thing going for me now, you know. <laughs> Tottenham uh, would definitely rather sell him to Madrid than Man United as well, let's be honest. Of course, right? yeah. They would much rather let him go to a team out of the division that they're trying to compete in. Um, and let's be honest, right, I'm a United fan. If I put my bias aside, him moving to Real Madrid makes way more sense for him. Yeah. He'll earn better money. He'll be playing around a team that he will, you know, he'll slot into that team and be as important for it as he is at Tottenham. But in a much he could better. win a Ballon d'Or at Real Madrid. He could, he could, he could. It's doable. You know, he could win a Champions League. He could win a. He, he could win a lot in one season there. Whereas at United, you know, it might not click for him. It would have. We'd have to do a lot to you know catch up and surpass what Man City are doing right now. And Kane's probably only got three good years left in his legs. Right, we'll see thirty-one now, thirty. So maybe three yeah. top years. He could win it all at Real Madrid. At Man United in the next three years, he might might win a FA Cup, might might get to a Champions League final if like we're lucky. But I'm not sure if we're winning the Premier League in the next three years. Well, I think you know Kane, I mean? you've got a much better chance of that. Certainly, you know, 
And yeah. you were thinking that, you know, if I can show up at Man United with 30. He scored 32 goals this year for Tottenham, who finished like 10th or something mad, yeah. you know. So, like, and Haaland scored 36. You know, he was only like four goals behind Haaland, you know, which is he incredible. So. It would be a good move for him. And I think he'd do really well there as well. Like, he would literally slot straight into that Benzema role. He He's a very similar style of player. Yeah. You know, he's um he he's good when he drops into that kind of midfield role. He plays like a proper number 10, you know, he's not, a, he's not like a target man, but he can be, he, he's quite similar to Benzema in that, like he can drop deep. He, he's, his setup plays good. He'll link up well on, you know, like with Rodrigo and Vinny, like overlapping on the wings. Kane drops in to feed. I, it makes perfect sense for the, for the Ancelotti um, philosophy, having a Kane in that team. So uh, we'll see. Yeah. I think, if Kane goes to Real Madrid, it, a lot of questions will be asked of who United sign. Uh, Zalabanzi's in the chat saying we might have to uh, like make do with Hoyland, which you know, it might be a Hoyland, might be a Kola Moani, it might be. I can't think. I'm trying to think of some other good options that are like, actually out there that are realistic for United if Kane doesn't sign. And you know, you you could have argued a few months ago that maybe Ivan Tony was there, but he's definitely not going anywhere any anytime soon now. Um, yeah, it will put United in a very difficult spot, but very hard to see Harry Kane taking the option to join United if Real Madrid is a valid offer on the table I for see, I see Kane staying at Tottenham for another year, playing under Postacoglu, getting a free transfer to Man United and scoring more goals than Alan Shearer. That's what I need to do. Scoring <laughs> more goals than Alan Shearer. Then he'll maybe think about moving abroad once he's scored 271 goals or something, whatever the record is. Or, yeah, it's about that, isn't it? I think 260 or something like that. Yeah. That's it's just like, mate, your career at this point, like you've got a golden chance. You can always come back to the Premier League when you're 35. People will still let you play for Burnley and take all the penalties. <laughs> and, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. It's true. Right? A set of legs, like, it'll be fine. You know, you'll always be able to come back and score goals. Like for Go to Madrid, go get some sun about you. Go grow a set of balls, go score some goals, get some medals, mm. and then score more goals than Alan Shearer. In a few years. Yeah. <laughs> I think, um, Quinny, we, we should we should try and figure out a little segment on the show for you where we get like... <laughs> I'm just thinking I've done this impression far too much. I'm, uh, again, I'm too comfy, it's just because we're... <laughs> it's the sort of chat I normally just have when I'm chatting with folk on calls and stuff. <laughs> We'll see how much yeah. of that stays in the edit. If you've watched this live, you've heard, hopefully you've had fun with that. It won't all stay in the edit. He's lucky I'm not on the edit. Yeah, it might be. They would definitely have all stayed in and uh, like get a little bit <laughs> an image, uh, like Snapchat filter on you or something like that while you're doing it. Like, little Harry Kane face. <laughs> <laughs> well, mate, we've had uh, a wow. It's what's that? An hour and an hour and fifteen now. So we've uh, we've we've hit the nail fantastically on the head there. Um, we covered a lot of ground. Super exciting times for a lot of Soria managers with the under-21 tournament coming up soon. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to say before we close out for this week's episode? I didn't have anything, no. I'm just thinking, I'm just mad excited about Stash and I just think that I was kind of getting ready for a wee summer of, like, personally, like, Oh, I'll just do some nice, easy content. We'll do some transfer window stuff, and we'll do some this. We'll do some that. We'll wait for the new season. But like the now, there's so much going on. Every day I'm coming in here, and it's like Messi to Miami, 
under 21 euros is on store air and then Nick's yeah. tweeting about all this stuff that's going to come out like honestly I just think that this is going to be quickest longest summer ever if you know what I mean there's going to be so much stuff happening it's going to go behind the blink of an eye but it's going to feel like forever at the same time it's going to be one of those periods mate so yeah I didn't I, I don't know I don't even know where we started the podcast so how am I going to know where to end it yeah yeah <laughs> oh, yeah there's so much going on at the minute but it is uh it is great as always to have a chat with you mate and I think uh yeah anyone in the chat anything that we didn't get onto that you want to know uh be sure to add a little comment on the YouTube Quinny will be uploading it probably tomorrow I guess right um Today. maybe tonight depending on when that edit gets done and uh yeah it make sure you leave a comment and uh make sure you follow us on Twitter at mproductpod we are on Instagram as well we're not that Ooh, we're not that right, lovely nice. on Instagram but mproductpod on Instagram we don't shout that one out very often um and yeah you can follow the podcast live on Twitch if you're listening on a podcast or something like that. We do broadcast this normally around one o'clock on a Thursday UK time. And you can find that at forward slash plastician on Twitch. Uh, gang, it's been an absolute pleasure. Quinny, never a chore, as always. Good luck on the game week for the weekend. And uh, to everyone listening, good luck to you too. And we'll see you all this time next week. Big up, everyone. <laughs>